0: Welcome back to The Change Physician. I'm Melissa Cady, the Challenge Doctor, with my co host from the West Coast, Dr. Kevin Cicaro. <clears throat> We're here today for our Saturday salutations, which is all about saying hi not only to my co host, uh, but to everyone out there who is listening to discuss what's happened in the past week or anything you want to talk about, plus what's going on in the podcast. How are you doing there, Kevin? I am well.
1: How are you <laughs> well, today? I'm, I'm good. Well. I'm going to clear
0: my throat here. Hold on.
1: (laughs) Are you good? Are you well? I'm well. You're well. splashing things on me.
0: (laughs) We're all good. Let me take a peek and see on our podcast just to knock that out so we don't forget to mention. um, We've been kind of doing a summer run of some either replays uh, from the past or some other host chats. And being that today is the 22nd. We had a recent uh, Thursday throwback with Dr. Naveen Goyal, uh, anesthesiologist, uh, Naveen. Uh, yeah. MD to uh, venture capitalist, correct?
1: That's correct, correct.
0: Yeah. Um, and, still,
1: and still an anesthesiologist because yes. th- I actually just saw he published something about a yeah, month ago. Yeah, I saw
0: something up there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, He's on cool. LinkedIn. on both, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, keep your foot in the door for... Other things too. Um, Dr. Sonali Ruder is emergency medicine physician who kind of took a a route into the foodie physician as well. So she's coming up on the release for Thursday Throwback next week. So,
1: which is I think that's a a, that's a good one for the like physicians who like have other passions besides medicine. I think she did a really nice job because she did culinary school. I think during residency. And um, has sort of melded both, and she has that little side gig of posting recipes or whatever. But it's not her primary gig, but at least it allows her to kind of fulfill that scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's interesting because there are physicians out there who have all these really cool. They call them you know side gigs or whatever, but really are more passion products pro- projects. Mm-hmm. There's one I'd love to get on the prod on the podcast who does photography. I don't know if you, and his stuff is awesome. I think he's like an ortho either, either resident. He might be an attending now. But goes around taking, I mean, just beautiful, beautiful um uh pictures. And um, you know, I just think I think that's super cool. Like, I guess my passion is seeing people being passionate about whatever they're passionate about. Like, yeah. I just love it. I, I love seeing people passionate about things and hearing out why and what they find interesting. And anyway, it's pretty cool. So I love to see yeah. those stories.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, not only is it inspiring overall for any of us who maybe have an inkling to maybe venture towards something, I think the energy they bring in that enthusiasm is pretty contagious. (laughs) So uh, I don't know how you can't get excited for people unless you just don't care about people at all. But um, (laughs) hopefully that's not the case for people listening. Um, All right. So anything you want to share from the past week or um, I don't know, any factoid or
1: well it is it's been an interesting week we had a little call a talk beforehand um it, uh we had, my wife recently lost her mother actually a week ago and um so that's it, always kind of interesting as kind of a being faced with with death again and i and um this one was a little bit more expected versus the other loss that we had suffered at the beginning of the year um I mean, I think it it just kind of reminds me, and I, it, people just like people just need to remember that we're all gonna die. So make sure you prep for it. Make sure you talk about it. Make sure you know what you're gonna do. Uh, make sure what you want, you know, make your wants known. Make sure you're, you know, you tell your family and your friends that you love them and all that stuff. Um, so I mean, it was it 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 was a long process, and, and but it was a peaceful end. Uh, anyway so we kind of just just brings you back to the whole idea of mortality and yeah. and how important that is that people understand that cuz and i guess the other part would be um you know people who don't think they're going to die leave everything in a mess and luckily my mother-in-law was well prepared and had already kind of set up her estate like i don't know 15 20 years ago almost so um we're stuffed to get into that thing but I don't anticipate it being a nightmare. Like we have other family members that are doing that in, in their estates. It's just, I'm like, I feel for them because it is just, you know, not only they have to go through the loss, but then they have to go through this monstrosity that wasn't set up. So
0: yeah. again,
1: if you have loved ones and you have anything, make sure you set things up. So it makes it easy for them so they can literally just grieve and miss you and not have to deal with a big piece of mess, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it made me think of just the um, personal, like people, we all have our own issues of various sorts and that um, feel like denial, not just of death itself, but denial of our own issues creates a big barrier for people to deal with or um, come to a place with other people in the relationships where they feel at peace. Um, So I think that's, it's not just the physical stuff, which I think a lot of people end up becoming downsizing over their lifetime, because they start realizing that they have to like, leave, leave this earth at some point, and you're gonna have to leave all that behind. But there's also your own, like, not the intangible um, clutter of your life that you're not dealing with. And that can lead to problems with, you know, feeling okay, if someone passes versus someone having guilt and or shame or not feeling any closure missed out on the opportunity to like, you know, mend things.
1: Oh, I would I, I completely agree with that. I've really had a um a perspective, at least for the well, for a long time, but over the year, because we know we would talk about it's been a while so we talked about like the journals, and I have one of those yeah. five year journals and and it's weird how events so I'm in my second year, and you'll see something like, Oh my god, I almost did the exact same thing today as I did a year ago. <laughs> but um has been a big one for me. I kind of fell off the curve um after this stuff happened at the beginning of this year. Um but it it I you know, before that I was making a really pretty active role of trying to make sure I reached out some people in my life. I need, and that's something I need to go out. So you guys all here in this can keep me accountable as I really need to go back out and make sure I'm in contact with people who've been important throughout my life and telling them that they're important still. And, uh, yeah, if something happens that they they at least know that. Right. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. totally agree. Yeah. There's, there's always a sticking point with You know, I mean, there might be some perfect people out there, but there's always something in all of our lives that we struggle with. And so, um, unfortunately sometimes that little struggle can impede, um, really feeling peace at the end of somebody else's life that meant something to you and you just hadn't talked to or whatever the problem may be. So, um, you know, obviously this is a topic we've touched on in a few episodes. You can go back and, and look through some of our episodes, um, and it's not always a topic people want to talk about, but
1: let's see. But it's a up- topic they should talk about. Yes. You know, yes. that's, and I, and I, 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 you know, there's a lot of stuff that people don't want to talk about. And I think the things that we don't want to talk about are probably the things that we actually need to talk about. You know, yeah. You kind of go back to, um, well, when we had Kelly Kasperson on, right. Oh, sex is taboo topic. Well, it's important. So we should probably talk about it. We should talk about it, frankly, and we shouldn't have all those weird hangups about it. Like yeah. it's the hangups that are the problem. Um, politics nobody wants to talk about politics well at this point in time in life we should be talking about politics and maybe i should be talking more about it even on this on this podcast um because is there there are huge events like monumental events happening in our country um and you could either go with your gut which is never the way to do things particularly if you're a physician or you can go with the data and actually look at what laws are and go that way which is the way i would probably recommend um and we should be talking about that a little bit more. Like, what does the actual data show and what does the actual law say? Um, but, you know, all these you – know, what was that – the thing is, like, never talk about politics, sex, and something at the dinner Origin. table. Oh, religion. and Religion let's yeah. talk about religion, right? Let's talk yeah. about, you know, religions that take away personal sense of agency that set other people to be second-class citizens, whether that is a certain gender or a certain race. Um, these are, these are really, really important discussions that we should have in, in a democratic society. Now, if you're in an authoritarian society and you can't because you have in a government <laughs> that is killing people or legislating or saying that you are less than me. And so you have no rights anymore. Um, well, first of all, hopefully you can get out of that. And second of all, you don't want your country to turn into that. And um, yeah, it's if we in democracies, it's kind of a weird thing. So you have to talk about this stuff. You have to be aware of it and you have to be actively engaged in it. Because as soon as you're not and you get people in there to change it, then it's gone, right? <laughs> D- democracy is like a constant battle of making sure that we have open discussions on important topics at all times. Because yeah. as soon as you stop doing that, then you find out you can't have those conversations anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's a stupid piece of advice. Talk at the dinner table about sex, politics, and religion. I think I've talked about all of those, except almost all of those with my kids.
0: Yeah. It's, it's all about how you talk about it. Like it's, like you said, if you... It, well, let's just say this. Let's say example. Sex in general, from a patient-physician standpoint, if the physician acts uncomfortable hmm. talking about it, the patient will be uncomfortable. So, if if one side is going to be avoidant or um, uncomfortable, then it's not going to create an environment of of safety of feeling like it's okay to have different opinions or different beliefs. And I feel like the the politics thing, the more silent we are, it, it, it's we've realized that there's been a lot of divisions in this country, and. It's like we we haven't even taken a chance to try to understand because it's funny because you find out over these last few years that there's friends that, you know, you were really close to or they're great people. They're very, they've always been very kind and loyal to you, but somehow they see the world differently. And it's like, why not try to understand why, you know, and I'm going to probably eat my own words. Sometimes it's hard to talk to people where you feel like they're so far different than your belief that it makes it hard to have that discussion But I think we need to be better at like finding a common ground first and then just, you know, especially when you know this person is a really kind person and they're good people, but they're being influenced from different sources of information. Like, I think there's a way to kind of try to understand each other and may end up changing people's minds. They realize, oh, I've had a very laser focused view of this and I haven't been looking at the data, (laughs) you know, not just politics, um, you know, the religion stuff, people just, judge people so quickly you know it's it's unfortunately if you're born into religion it's not like you had a chance like that's just all you know why don't you just learn and understand something else because it doesn't mean they're right or wrong obviously there's really good people and other kinds of religions too but anyway i know we're going on a diatribe uh, of some sort here not necessarily but, a diatribe that well okay how about um going on a tangent um it's I it's think a,
1: tangent is a good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tangent's better. Um, but you could go on a diatribe, start in these conversations
1: too. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to hit back a little bit though, is because yeah. we're a time and place now where it wasn't even 20 or 30 years ago. And people say, oh, like, I I don't like that. I'm going to, you know, flat out the Trump thing. And particularly the second time, like he ran the second time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but they're good people. I'm like, good people are judged by their actions. Not necessarily what they're saying that they're good. Yeah. You know, and and um, right or wrong. In fact, I would say it's more right. You become associated with the people that, if people around you are doing bad things, people that you are voting for are doing bad things, then you are supporting bad things. Period. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, well, what about or what about or but 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 but. It's if they do bad things and you are supporting them doing bad things, you're doing bad things. Called complicit. And it's be, you're being complicit, and so th- this. So I, I I don't I don't you know, and and at some point wrong is just wrong, right? There's no we're not like twenty twenty thirty years ago when we were talking about economic policy, like I'm I don't want to pay taxes because. I need more and more and more and more and more and more. And I just don't want to pay any taxes on anything. I mean, that was a whole different thing or thinking where money should go or a belief that the government can't spend money or the belief, you know, it's more important for me to keep my money versus the government. We're at the point where it's when you're in a situation when you have people disobeying the law, like flat out disobeying the law. And, and just making up their own stuff like basically saying we want this and it doesn't matter what the law says that is no longer a democracy anymore it it's not and if you want and you want to move into a country where they can just willy-nilly do whatever the hell they want despite what the matter of the law is the only people who survive in that is the people with power and if you think you have all this power wait until you don't have it you know that's um I, we did that one episode on the veil of ignorance you should be able to it, the society you should want to live in is the one that you can step into that society in any role from a prisoner to a politician and be and, and know you're going to be okay. Yeah, And that tells you what a just society is. In our society, in, I think there's a lot of people moving to a society that is even more unjust than the society that we have now. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really concerning to me. And, and it I gets a little bit it gets a it gets a little bit difficult to me because then people are but they're but people are so nice. But if you're so nice, then you should be able to see what is happening in a way and realize that people are getting hurt, and that is and when we're creating legislation that um, disenfranchise large swaths of the population simply to hold on to power, mm-hmm. that's not right. That's not nice and that's not kind. Um, and now, granted, I have I have like super high expectations and I have some pretty rigid. Sort of, you know, I'm, that's probably one of my biggest faults is I am I'm pretty rigid. I know it's shocking, um, but when it comes to things that are right versus wrong, I I do I I do think that there is there is some rigidity there, and what's fact and what's not fact. That's the other thing, you know, um, we can't even when you can't even have a discussion because people we bring up data and they say, well, it's fake data. Like, well, what? Well, how do you know it's fake? The only data that you're going to support is the stuff that you already believe. That's that's not science. That's not data. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> That's not data. That's more religion. You know, that really, really, is. You're just coming into straight, flat, fat belief there. And um, that's something to be really, really weary or, or leery and weary, uh, weary and leery. But yeah, anyway. I think
0: it's interesting how strong, just like as a human species and how strong a belief, the beliefs are so strong in people. They always think a belief is a truth. Mm -hmm. And I find that so fascinating because that's where this, speaking of rigidity, (laughs) that's where it's really hard to help them see anything because it's they're being, um, it's it's just, it's muddying their perception of anything else. Um, The one thing I wanted to kind of pull back around to, because we talked about being comfortable talking about you know, death or politics and sex and all those things is that, um, the irony of it all, because I've worked around, um, I've volunteered with hospice before. And the fascinating thing is these people are facing, seeing, not denying death every day of the work that they do. And I find that they are the most, um, uh, I don't know, like appreciative of the life they're living in that day and the comfort that they have with, you know, helping people during these phases and, and you know, drifting into death or, you know, it could be short-term or it could be a long-term process. I find that they're the most comfortable because, I mean, they're facing it every day and and they're willing to engage in that. Obviously they have to have a willingness to engage in that kind of work but I, I always think to myself why is it that I, and not that you have to talk about death every day all day long but when you're surrounded by it you're whether you're talking about it or not you're still you know having to help people with that I still feel like there is something where you have a better appreciation for life kind of like we talked in our episode but you, know, you look at the hospice workers I just think that's a great reminder you can still be around it or talk about it And it's not making life worse. It's actually almost enhances and makes your life better. So not that everyone has to do work in hospice. It it takes a certain special person, but.
1: but I think that's a great insight though, because you're, when, when you're working that situation where you're seeing so much loss, it gives you a greater appreciation for the things that you have. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, that contrast and, and. I, I, and my brain's like then too because, you know, I'm kind of like thinking how decisions are being worked and how we compare and contrast and our brain's doing all this stuff all the time. And I, 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 I'm sure that being in an environment such as that where you're seeing end of life and death makes you then increasingly aware of what it is to live. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and that's, I mean, that's easy for you know, kind of look at other different aspects of life. If you are not being exposed to it, so I'm like, like I'm going to return to kind of the injustice thing. If you are not exposed to injustice in your life, then you probably don't have a good appreciation for justice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, you know, if you've never been, because all it takes is one moment of injustice for you to, well, at least to to really sort of feel it. Right? When things are wrong and, and you're powerless to change something, I guarantee that would change your perspective on what is just and unjust in society. And the more and more we get isolated in these communities where you don't, well, hopefully you shouldn't face injustice, but if you don't appreciate that, that because you don't experience injustice, then justice only exists. There is no injustice in the world. Well, you probably need to be exposed to some, some injustice or at least be aware of it or see it someplace. To recognize that it still does exist. And that's a, um, a pretty harsh reality for someone who has to live in an unjust society to deal with on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah. You made me think of some uh, a friend of mine who explored religions on yeah. her own at a young age. Not only does she have a better understanding of the variety of religions, she decided to choose Judaism over another religion and converted. And by no other than her own desire, um, and I found that pretty remarkable. It makes me think of just the uh, benefit, even of like traveling and like seeing something different than what you're used to, and how incredibly beneficial that can be. I talked to someone recently who moved from Australia to here, and you know recognizes the opportunity here, but recognizes the beauty over back, you know, down under, and and just totally different than someone who maybe was born in the U S never really explored anything else or raised in a way that could help them see other ways of living and, and really the opportunities and how lucky they are as much as we have our, you know, shortcomings here in the U S and other ways too. There's definitely a lot of opportunity if, you know, you do the work, but um, yeah, I just, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But um, the last thing I was to say about that hospice it's meant to be and this is just kind of a play on words but they call it comfort care but I find that they're very comfortable with that kind of care like they are they actually despite providing comfort to the patient they have a comfort as well being in that environment um so uh you have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable sometimes to be comfortable
1: well you know? that well that I think that's also super super key as being uncomfortable well being comfortably being uncomfortable or being um comfortable with uncertainty is is a big one yes i talked to my kids about that on this last trip actually because that is something i am not very good at but the more comfortable you are being uncomfortable the more you are flexible the more you are adaptable the more you are willing to try and experience new things um so yeah i don't i think that's an extraordinarily important topic like
0: yeah you know, I don't know the study, I can't cite it, um, but I um, was uh, reading about how just in general, the, I mean, most people would think about this, like old dogs can't learn new tricks, which is not,
1: that's so not true. true. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but there is a little bit in humans, there's a little bit of resistance to, you know, wanting to change and get used to your habits. And so the habits are hard to change, but you know, you you have to in order to create this, um, it's like it's it's better to start this getting comfortable with uncomfortable with an understanding that there's a benefit which helps maybe give you a motivation to work through that discomfort and breathe through it and whatever the feelings you may have. You you kind of it'd be good to start the habit of, of being okay with that, because as you do get older, you have a tendency to not want to change your ways, and that's not necessarily great for your brain to you know stay. Uh, if you look at all the neuro uh, experts out there, it's it's good to keep your brain working in ways it has to like change it up a little bit and troubleshoot or, you know, uh, all those things that, that make your brain not just stay in this, this rut of the same pattern, but um, you need to keep things kind of working in uh, just the way the pathways work in the brain we could go on another topic or episode on that but um, we're not the experts in it but we know enough <laughs> to say that this would be beneficial to actually keep your brain working in novel
1: ways so, well and the younger like, that you are the more practice you have yeah the, the more habitual it will become yes um so obviously like most things there's it's earlier the earlier starts you have the better but it you know to start now versus wait 10 20 years is is <laughs> is better than not doing anything at all yeah i mean it, it's uh kind of when talking about habits a little bit i was kind of a, i have just been really um from a self awareness standpoint is like i have these I'm like man if i had started working out the way i'm working out now and I, I worked out a lot when i was 18 but then i fell off when i went to college I'm like if i just kept doing that ugh, what a what a lost opportunity that well it's not lost i'm doing it now but it's it's just so funny but after after literally years it's like when i don't exercise i get that weird thing like that's uncomfortable and it's yeah. um you know that's that's it before it was uncomfortable you know oh man, i don't want to exercise now it's if i'm not exercising i it, it's a very uncomfortable state to be in and I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be comfortable with that uncomfortable. So I actually want to be uncomfortable, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff. So, man, if you start young, you start young, you get, start being really increasing your resiliency, your adaptability. Uh, so I, I do, I, I kind of wish we had do, you know, like there was a point where you can like at the end of this life. You can go back again and do it again, but not from the slate clean. I want to have, you have to have some, you need to remember those lessons so that you can do it better the second time. That's what's so unfair about, is that Hinduism where they have reincarnation?
0: I think so. I don't know. I'm not the expert.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever re- religion it is where you keep getting born again. I mean, how, yeah, yeah. that's so unfair that you, then you wipe them, wipe them clean and make them do it again. That's like so random. <laughs> Come on. Let's, uh, You know, get from a bone, give them a little, little at least a little, maybe get some note cards for the second time or the rest time you got to, you want to remember these three things, you know?
0: Well, that's, you know, the wisdom of the uh, generations. It's supposed to be passed on so that you can kind of get a piece of that.
1: That's true. I didn't even think about that.
0: That's that's the, the civilization, advancement of civilization. I mean, look at what we're doing just, I mean, for better or for worse, we're creating all this artificial intelligence and other stuff that's out there and um that's probably a key word nowadays that's a big buzzword um all ai stuff and in fact have you noticed all the movies are just like seems like everything's about ai um taking over the world and et cetera et cetera um,
1: I, I haven't i haven't seen i know there's the one um with the with a little robot kid the it, oh yes the yes you can watch watch not watch can't remember
0: yeah there's like... there's there's had some already come out and then some coming out but yeah yeah which, which
1: ones now i want to kind of curious which ones are the AI um ones?
0: i'll have to ask Corey. um he's our uh
1: movie he's, expert he's,
0: he's my ceo my chief entertainment
1: officer um sorry. we should do we should do and like we should have like some periodic episode where we bring on Corey to like talk about entertainment like new movies that people should see or something we can have like these movie movies because so <laughs> you know you get particularly you get busy and you don't really pay attention to what's going on it's nice to know oh this is something good or um yeah
0: He has an eye for all that. He, he always seeks out, he's, you know, like you kind of like to look at data for medicine and other stuff. He likes to seek out, you know, sports and entertainment stuff, like, you know, just a routine daily excursion for him. So, um, you know, one last thing I would say about like getting uncomfortable or get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you talked about exercise, a blah. it shocks me Uh, for anyone that deals with anxiety. It's, it shocks me how many people I've talked to that have generalized anxiety and do not exercise. And not to say that it's, you know, solely related to a lack of movement in their life, but it, for someone such as myself and other many people I know that they, they may not identify as anxiety because they're always like putting it on, you know, putting it at bay or a sense generalized, like um, just unease. It's crazy. Like, how, when you exercise most of your life, that you feel so much better, you can almost identify that anxiety or an unease or attention, sometimes just an attention feeling or irritability that when that starts coming back, you're like, I need to go work out. But for people who don't ever work out, they don't even recognize that they can actually make it better and maybe get rid of it. And that's completely shocking. That there's so many people who are completely oblivious to that benefit, and they're creating a problem by not doing something, but they don't see it because they don't do the thing that would remove it.
1: If if people truly understood the power of movement, and I'm not even talking on complex, literally a brisk no. walk, yeah, on the on the effect of not only I mean your mental health, since we're just talking about mental health here, everybody would be doing it. Mm-hmm. It is, it is literally better than any of the drugs that we have yep. that, and it, um, yeah, it, it just, it blows my mind. It just, it, it, it truly does. And like, I guess I couldn't understand particularly. So you're talking about anxiety. Anxiety is mildly activating. I could see like, it, it, if, if you understand it, it might be easier, oh, I'm getting anxious. I'm going to take a quick walk or I'm going to do a job or I'm going to do something where I move my body. Depression, I think is a little bit harder. Because yeah. depression has sort of an inactivation and you kind of with you have this withdrawal, you don't feel like doing anything, but there's, there's literally nothing better for the treatment of depression than movement. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, well, we've talked about all those little simple, simple levers in, in life and in movement. It is a huge, huge, huge one. Uh, yeah. it is, it's just, it just, it's amazing. Like I, like, we, we didn't, um, we had done some traveling and I got like really little sleep one day and then worked all day and stuff. And I didn't want to do it, um, or part of me didn't want to do it. But I'm like, I know I'm going to sleep better if. And so all I did is I just went out on the on the treadmill and walked and did like two or three miles and rolling hills on a treadmill because I don't really like the treadmill. Yeah, you just feel so much better, like so much better. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if I, I feel worn out, I mean sometimes, and luckily, yeah, actually, it was yesterday before. it was, it was because of my husband because I was feeling a little bit drained. He was just like. Because of my
1: out. husband, I feel a little bit drained.
0: No, I said, <laughs> I, I inserted, a, let's <laughs> the way I let's said rephrase it. rephrase
1: that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was in the wrong order. I, I, I was felt a strange. little bit
1: drained. So my husband said.
0: My husband reminded me, I need to go work out because I felt drained at the end of the work day, which is not because of my husband. It was because I went to go work a long day and I just didn't have the energy in me to go work out. But he was the reason, the impetus for me to like, go put my, you know, what on the, the pre-core, which is just like a, you know, cardio machine. And I was so glad I did it, you know, but sometimes you do need a little nudge, but sometimes you have to just, like you said, you say a phrase in your head, I will feel better if, or I will
1: sleep better if, or I'm just going to do like the other thing is make the barriers super easy. low. Like i mean, yeah. five minutes. Exactly. I, I, that, that was, I think is one of the, like the, the little things that made a big difference for me is reduce the friction to the activity yeah. by such like like until, Blue until, manners. and until it becomes, I just don't want to do this. Right. Yeah. And there's no excuse. And then if you chose not to do it, it's still okay. You just know that you're being lazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no other things, but you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to get, you could one minute walk on the treadmill yeah or take whatever it is but if you reduce the barrier until the decision really is becomes like okay all right fine i just don't want to do it
0: yeah yeah my low exertion um effort is like if i just don't want to do anything i'm like okay i'm gonna do three sets of 20 sit-ups that's all i'm gonna do and then i end up doing something else Mm -hmm. most of the time you know but uh yeah it's just a matter of making the brain and the body connect again where it's like well it's all really one thing but just going in and doing something to create the habit of still acknowledging that you need to move your body in some way or strengthen it i find at this point like if i'm going to pick something i don't feel like pushing myself with like cardio and i don't really want to do heavy heavy weight i still want the strengthening part especially as a female near 50 like i feel like okay if i'm going to do a little 20 minute 10 minute session or something, I need to do some strengthening because I'm likely to lose my muscle mass over time, (laughs) like most of us. Um, So that seems like a great value in my, my mind based on, you know, data too. So, Um, well, we did a long one today.
1: We were all over the place.
0: Yeah. I, we're just surfing around everywhere. Um, Well, do you want to take us out or any other last comments?
1: No, I'll just take us out. All right. Thank you all for joining us today on Saturday Salutations. As always, you can join the community at thechangeposition.com, And if you are on Facebook, you can see us at The Change Physician. And we're usually around 12, 12.30 Pacific, 2, 2, 2 30, mm-hmm. wherever time zone you're in. What is that called? Central.
0: Central. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want to catch
1: us live. Uh, and as always, stay well and until next time.